0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I chat with Diane Flores. Sapphire
1: training helps the -the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves.
0: Diane, uh, she has been working with women for the past decade now um, out of her studio, and it's a pole dancing studio. So she really works on empowering women through sensual movement and teaches them how to love themselves now even if they are in a desire of a body transformation. So I can just tell she's so passionate about what she does. I think you guys are really going to love, um, you know, listening to Diane. She talks about how her journey Went from being into the fitness industry, uh, started as her junior year in high school, and then how it kind of evolved over the next few years, and then she got interested into fitness and figure competitions, and then she also has done powerlifting competitions and shows, and then now she is more on the sensual movement and how it's just kind of that ebb and flow of life and that feminine masculine energy. Um, we break all of that down, and I think you guys are really going to love and connect with Diane's message. So, without further ado here's today's show. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm super excited today. I have Diane with us, and we are going to chat everything um, sensual movement, fitness competitions, um, mindset, and just general awesome stuff about feminine masculine energy. Um, And Diane and I are both in Jill Coleman's uh, Best of You programs. And so that's kind of how we made this connection. And I'm super excited to kind of get to know you a little bit more, Diane.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am so honored that you asked me to be on the podcast. We're going to have so much fun. I can't wait to dive in.
0: Yes. So I think we can set it up because I know a little bit about your background, um, but I kind of want to start with, you know, how did you get interested into fitness and, you know, what is kind of your background into leading into your sensual movement? Okay. You ready? Oh yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
1: Hold on. It's an interesting journey. uh... It is. It's, it's a definitely an interesting tale. So I didn't grow up doing any sort of sports or dance or anything like that. No athletic. Like I was the girl that got hit in the face with the soccer ball, like ran off of the bloody nose. Like nobody wanted me on their team. You know, um, I dabbled in weights a little bit during my junior year in high school, uh, to get out of running in PE, literally like my best friend and I were like, what can we do to get the heck out of running? <laughs> and awesome. uh, we we were the only two girls in weight training. And I'm like, this is great. I love this. This is awesome. I felt strong. I uh, loved it. And uh, totally, uh, junior year in high school totally took a turn for me. I ended up pregnant with my uh, first son when I was 16. So, uh, yeah, so I got pregnant with my son at 16. Um, Got out of uh, did you know homeschool? Graduated from high school, got pregnant with my daughter <laughs> when my son was six months old. Oh my and, gosh! And uh, yeah, and so at that point, I had two babies uh, when I was eighteen, and I had seen my you know, and and that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but uh, but I had seen my body uh, fluctuate in weight and uh, at you know having babies post post babies going over 200 pounds and uh you know my son i always laugh because people were like well yeah you were pregnant and i'm like my son weighed 5 pounds <laughs> so <laughs> you yeah, know i was 200 pounds um afterwards and uh eventually started dabbling in things like jazzercise and step aerobics and um then eventually become became really obsessed with reading magazines because you know, I couldn't really afford to, to be in the gym. I was a single mom working two jobs, um, you know, on housing assistance, Medi-Cal, WIC, I mean, everything possible, government aid. And so th- it wasn't something that I could do in terms of, um, of, you know, justifying a gym membership. So in the beginning I started reading like oxygen magazine. I don't know if you get, if you remember that magazine. Oh yeah.
0: I used to get that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I have every single one from like my daughter was born in 2000 or 2000, uh, 1997. I think I have every single, uh, magazine from like 1999 or something. It was crazy. <laughs> so I had, um, like all these magazines. So started kind of just doing stuff at home. Um, and then eventually I got a second job. Um, I was working in the medical field, got a second job at gold's gym and, uh, got free membership and cause I worked in the daycare so I got to take my kids with me and then I also got to work out. And so that's where it just started to become like really uh like a focus for me was weight training. And I never I never really enjoyed cardio. That was a struggle. Um and then um eventually after things morphed, I started uh like a boot camp and I could afford to pay for like a trainer. So I did like a boot camp program, um, continue to hire coaches over the years. Um, and then at one point, I was asked to work as a personal trainer. I was working out at uh, our local gym, and uh, one of the personal trainers came up to me and he asked me, "Hey, have you thought about being a personal trainer?" And I said, "Well, if I, that's like my dream. It was like my fantasy. Then, you know, like oh my gosh, <laughs> um, I, I thought I'd made it the big time. Like if I could just be a personal trainer." And, uh, I said, no, you know, I, I have no experience. He goes, well, I've been watching, you know, around the gym. You really know, look like, you know what you're doing. Um, come talk to me. So long story short, they hired me as a personal trainer. I quit after three weeks because, um, it was very evident to me in that particular gym environment that they were really focused on sales oh. and they could really care less about programming. And for me, it was all about like the programming and I loved the training and like, I really wanted to motivate people to do that, but I was not like salesy whatsoever. So, um, so I quit and then, uh, eventually with time just kept working out on my own. Um, I hired uh, this lady named Julie Laurie and she, uh, was a coach for me and I had thought about figure competing. And so I thought, well, this is who I need to go to. She was a pro and had been coaching online for forever. She lived in a Midwestern state. I can't remember exactly where, but so that's where I started with her and started getting into like nutrition. Cause I, I was very much like, Oh, I just need to exercise. I had no idea about like how I needed to eat or any of that. And I would always, you know, they would post their, like their, uh, their meal plans <laughs> in like Oxygen magazine, oh, and yeah. be like, I'm not eating that. <laughs> you know, like heck no. I love corn dogs. Like I'm not eating that. <laughs> you know, like that was my diet. Back. So, um, so, uh, so yeah. I just hired her, and then, um, and then you know, I just I I could never like pull the trigger. I could never just say, okay, I'm gonna do it. I was so scared to to commit. So doing a figure competition, I thought. I'm a mom with two kids. Like I have stretch marks. Like how is this even going to work? You know? Um, so I, I shelved that idea for a while and, um, fast forward, you know, I got married and had my third son and I was working in the medical field and also doing medical transcription at home. And when I had my son, I decided I wanted to be a stay at home mom. So I quit my day job. And just did medical transcription at home. And how this ties into my fitness background is I spent a lot of time at home, no interaction with adults. Mm. (laughs) And for those like moms out there that stay at home and like have kids all day, you can relate. And so my sister, bless her heart, was like, we need to get you out of like pajamas and scrunchies. We need to do stuff like girl stuff. I am like, what? I have to socialize? I'm an introvert, you know? And so we started planning, um, she started planning like girls' nights. So we would do like a candle party, a purse party, adult toy party, like all these things. And I would host them. I'm like, we could do it at my house. And so then she's like, okay, you need to start finding like the new theme of the month and start looking for new um, things for us to do all meanwhile, I'm still kind of like exercising at home. I had a treadmill and I was still sort of doing things. I wasn't really going to the gym that much because my son was young. Um, but i stumbled up across pole dancing and pole dancing parties for women. And that's where my segue to the story goes into central movement. And how that became a part of my life was, um, I looked into like, how can we do this? Like, How can we get someone to come out to our house and teach me, my sister, and all of her friends? Because they weren't my friends. They were all of her. She worked in the ER. They were all of her ER friends. I'm like, how can we get a pole dancing party at my house? Like, this would be so much fun. So the nearest person was like two hours from us. And I looked into it. I did a lot of Googling. I love Google, it's like the world's (laughs) best research assistant. And I figured out that there was this company that. Sends you a poll and some videos, and this is how you learn how to pole dance. And then you kind of like make your own business, sort of like a candle party or one of those um, MLM companies where they give you all the tools and then like you run off with it and you know do your thing. Yeah, and I'm, I did the research and I called my sister, I'll never forget this, and I'm like, okay, what if we taught women how to pole dance? And she's like, Pool dance? We don't even have a pool. And I'm like, no, like stripper pole, like pole dance. And she's like, what the heck are you talking about? You don't know how to dance like that, and I don't know how to dance like that. How are we going to teach people to dance like that? And I'm like, doesn't it sound like fun? So we talked to our husbands at the time, and they, and we were like, okay, if they're no, then we're not doing it. And they were like, as long as you're not taking your clothes off for men, like we don't care. How about it? So that's how this story started with getting into central movement, Um, and the kind of the metamorphosis of that was we started teaching women how to pole dance. Uh, We would travel to their house, like bachelorette parties, you know, women turning 50, birthday parties, whatever. We'd set up our portable pole. We would teach these women how to pole dance, and it was so much fun, and I'm just like, I can't even believe I'm getting paid to do this, you know? (laughs) And we we were self-taught. We literally, I mean, it was a VC. I think, no, it was DVD back then. I'm like, was it a VCR? Because I still, I remember I had a VCR, but, you know, DVDs. And we learned how to do this all via DVD. And then um, we started to do one or two parties here and there. Then it was like three or four parties a weekend. And then people started asking for lessons, and they're like, can you do lessons? And I'm like, oh God, no, like that's way too much. <laughs> like I know like <laughs> six moves, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I can't teach you lessons. And then I started thinking, well, can I do this? So started Googling and found in Los Angeles, of course, that there was actually studios that were doing this and teaching lessons regularly. So I uh, talked to my sister and I said, well, let's go get certified in this. They have certifications in, in pole dancing and so we went to la we stayed there for i think it was about a week and uh did an intensive instructor training with a studio down there just one-on-one with the owner and got certified to teach pole dancing came home and i started doing lessons in my home um once a week kicking my family out cleaning up the house (laughs) popping up the pole in my living room (laughs) and i you know was big on like craigslist and myspace back then and so i just started Letting random strangers in my house, and they were, you know, paying me via PayPal, and uh, we were teaching these lessons. And then it went to two days a week. Then it was like sometimes on the weekends. And my husband was like, "You need to do something. Like you're kicking us out of the house. You need to like get a real studio." And I'm like, "That's way too much commitment. I've never run a business before." He's like, "You're running a business now. Like you just you just need to like take the pl- the plunge." Um, so. We, I put out an SOS on MySpace and said, "Looking for room to rent." And I found a lady that owned a salon in our neighboring town, and she said, "Yeah, I have this room. It used to be like uh, split into two for massage. If you want to come check it out." I drove by that that salon three times, sat in the parking lot, and drove away. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> this is way too. This is so scary. This is like making it real. And. uh Finally, actually, I think it was the third time I pull up and I'm like, I just put my big girl panties. I opened my door and I'm like, I can't even think I'm just going to go in. Went in, looked at the room. I'm like, I'm just going to make this work. We're going to do it. So we did. And that was our first space, which was, I want to say a little less than 500 square feet. Um, we popped up four permanent polls in there. I Googled how to send out press releases. I had no idea what the heck I was doing got a bunch of press from the local media. And that's where it all started. And um, at that point, in terms of, you know, where my fitness journey was there, I didn't really do much working out at that point. I was so focused on the business that pole dancing was my primary, sor- primary source of, of working out and exercise. Um, and then about six months in there, we were so busy and we had people coming from neighboring cities I decided I wanted to capitalize on the next biggest city. So I, I opened up a 1500 square foot studio, um, in the neighboring city. My sister went ahead and kept the the smaller town studio and I moved on. And, um, I think I had at that time, three clients that were coming with me (laughs) Wow! that I knew for sure. Like I have three clients that were on memberships and I'm like, okay, I know for sure I have three people. So I hustled and did more press releases and a bunch of other stuff and managed to fill that studio space. And we were busy six to seven days a week there, you know, four to five classes a day. And then was there for about three or four years and then moved to a bigger studio. So now we're at 2,200 square feet and, you know, thriving there and I've got like nine instructors. So it's great. Um, But during that time, uh, you know, it was, pole dancing was the majority of my fitness. And um, when I kind of was able to step out of the role of being at the studio so much, I had some instructors. I wanted to go back to my original dream, which was figure, comp- uh, figure competing. So I found a guy locally that was a coach. And, um, and that's where I started. Sorry, I totally took this question to a whole nother level. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like they just gave you my whole lifetime line <laughs> <laughs> no I love it I was like wow there I mean this is a, so interesting like all of the stuff that you were sharing and um like how big are these towns like first of all because I want to know that um
1: so the tiny, the, I say tiny town because it's not tiny um Turlock I want to say is um cheese. I don't don't even know if it's a hundred thousand people maybe um and then modesto uh is double that i'm pretty sure or or probably probably close to 300,000 i'm i may be way off but um but they're you know they're decent size turlock is definitely smaller um Turlock's, uh, you know, was definitely harder to crack into in terms of, they call it the Bible belts of California. I've found out <laughs> later, um, because it has the most churches per capita. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, yeah, so it was, oh yeah. So Turlock's population, I had to do a quick Google is 72,000. <laughs> okay. And, um, uh, yeah. And Modesto is, let's see, 212. Gosh. So, um, yeah. So that was, that's the kind of the towns and the actual little town I live in is even smaller. I think our population is 3000.
0: So. so that's where I like to show to, you know, to show women that, Hey, you can start a business like this, like in any size town. You know, I think sometimes we think that we have to be in those major markets, um, you know, mm-hmm. to even do anything like this when you're like, I just went out and did it. in, you know, a town that's not a major city and had success doing it.
1: Oh yeah. Like I didn't, I did everything backwards. I didn't look to see if it, you know, I didn't do any research in terms of like, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't, you know, do anything. I didn't have investors, nothing. Like my investor was my ex-husband. We're like, okay, we're pulling out of your 401k, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like how this is happening. And so, um, you know, so it, it went really well. I mean, um, you know, it, it's, Incredibly humbling to have come from being a single mom and you know standing in line with my welfare coupons and my WIC or my WIC coupons and my you know food stamps and having people scoff at me in the line behind me because they're irritated that they have to stand in line behind me with my you know taking up time with my coupons to now I have a six-figure business and you know now it's like just going through that whole process and just knowing like you can do anything you set your mind to (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know like you just have to have that like passion for it and just take action. I think you and I were talking about this before we even started is just taking action before you think it needs to be
0: perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Like there is no perfection. Like in my book, I'm like, Oh, there was another typo that I just sent out to my newsletter list. And you know, like the only people who say anything, it's my brother. who's always like, yeah, that was the wrong word or this, you know, I'm like, Thanks. Like he'll email me back. I'm like, thanks, Mike. I'm sure every, everyone else is probably thinking the same thing as well, but you know, it's like, Hey, they're out there, they're reading it. They get the content, they get the message behind it. And I think that's what sometimes we miss, you know, when we think that it has to be perfect. I'm like, no, people understand. Like if there's one typo, I think people are much more forgiving now than maybe they used to be.
1: Oh yeah. And you know, I'm sure, I don't know if you get this at all, um, Andrea, but like I get trolls here and there and, you know, like I, I can remember my very first troll was like, uh, when we had an article published in the local newspaper and, um, somebody called, I used to answer the phone for the business. I don't anymore, which is so awesome. I'm grateful to have a receptionist, but I used to answer every single call that came in and somebody had called and left me a voicemail. And my picture was in, in the paper. And it was just, I was in shorts and a tank top, you know, we you know, um, just holding onto the pole, just doing a walk around the pole wasn't even anything sexy or suggestive or anything. Uh, and they were just talking about our classes and what we offer. And a lady had actually called and left a message. She took the time out of her day to tell me that she read the article and wasn't impressed and that I need to wash my feet. <laughs> I'll never forget that because, um, because, um, there, the, the camera crew that was in there we don't wear shoes in the studio. It's kind of like a, you know, like a yoga studio. We wear, we wear six inch stripper heels, but they're, they're literally worn just inside the studio. The girls aren't wearing them outside. So the camera crew had been in doing pictures and like the guy that was interviewing us. So their shoes and stuff had been in there and my feet were dirty. And so I was walking around the pole and you could see the bottom of my foot, like as a reflection in the mirror. And she took the time to call me to tell me that my feet were dirty and I needed to wash them. (laughs) <laughs> so it's just, you know, um, stuff like that. And I've, I've grown a thick skin after doing this for 10 years that I, like, I really literally think there isn't anything anybody could say. They could call me like a fat,
0: ugly blob or something. And I'd be like, that's great. Have fun. Bye. <laughs> you know?
1: So. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I definitely, I taught sixth grade for one year and uh, cause I also have my teaching license. Like in yeah. my fitness <laughs> journey, I randomly <laughs> did that. But teaching sixth graders, you learn to have tough skin because you're like, thank oh, you. Yeah, I have a sixth grader <laughs> right now, so I know. You're like Just oh, yeah, totally. the stuff they say, you're like, thanks for that. I will continue. I'm just going to ignore that. Or I always was like, thanks. i right. like, no, that wasn't a compliment. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to say <laughs> thanks anyway. Yeah, kids, yeah, it,
1: I love it. They have no filter, which yeah. is a blessing and a curse, but oh, yeah, yeah, I totally get that.
0: <laughs> So I want to take us back then um, to kind of your fitness competitor days. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that? And like, is this when the restrictive eating came in? And how did you make that shift out of it? Because I think even if you're not a fitness competitor, I think a lot of people have some issues with like restrictive eating. And how was that journey?
1: So, um, so in 2010, I want to say it was 2010 is when I was, you know, in the thick of owning the studio and I decided, okay, I have enough instructors. I can take some time to, uh, to chase this figure competitor dream that I've had forever. And I hired a local coach and, um, you know, I just wanted somebody local. I knew that if I had Uh, coach locally and I had somebody to train with and answer to that, I was more likely to carry out this, this, um, this goal of mine versus my online coach, which I think online coaches are great and phenomenal. But for this level, I really wanted somebody for my first time locally. Now I've worked with online coaches subsequently. Um, My last three shows was an online coach. I met him one time and I did phenomenal, but for the beginning, I'm like, I just need that, that touchstone of a coach. So started with him training three days a week, um, you know, traditional bodybuilder style uh, stuff. And it, I wasn't aware of anything other than what I knew. Right. So I was training with him and I just took everything he said as like gold. Like that's, this is just how it has to be because this is what he says. This is how it, it has to go. And, um, and so you know it started with like here's the meal plan this is what you eat you only eat these foods that are on this list um don't ask any questions he was incredibly um uh, aggressive <laughs> which i learned to deal with and i was fine with but you just didn't ask questions like he just handed you something you just did it and and as early on i noticed that my body was changing i'm like okay this guy knows what he's talking about because this i didn't tie the two as how important food was to body like um aesthetic transformation. Uh, mm-hmm. I just thought it was just working out. So as um as I went through that process and we got closer to the show, I was so diligent in following his word to the T that I actually was show ready probably about 6 weeks in advance. Oh my gosh. So for anybody who's competed, that's an incredibly painful place to be in. Oh. So you're, you know, um I was eating, you know, tilapia and asparagus for like five out of six meals. And, um, at the time my son was playing football and I I remember taking a Ziploc baggie with like cold gelatinous tilapia in like the stands sitting next to people eating nachos. And yeah, it was just bad. So, um, did the show and I literally went into it with no expectations. Like I thought, I'm just kicking this off my bucket list. I'm the fact that I have um, three kids and I'm on the stage to me, I'm winning. And I feel like, um, you know, having done central dance and being in that space of vulnerability for so long prior to this did me good in that sort of mindset. Because to me, I was like, I don't care if I win or lose. I don't care if I come dead last. Like this is amazing to me that I'm even doing this. So um went up and ended up, you know, out of, I think it was 15 girls took fifth place. And I was just like on cloud nine, like to me, top five, like you know, only top five take trophies. That was great. Well, after the show, I had like made a list of all the foods I wanted to eat that I hadn't had for 16 weeks. Oh. And I ate every single one of those and then some. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I put on about, I want to say 20 pounds of rebound weight right after that show within a matter of just a couple weeks. Wow. And you know, those in the fitness industry know a lot of that in the beginning, it's a lot of its water weight, but a lot of that is also fat gain because, um, I wasn't eating, I wasn't going back to my regular way of eating, um, my competition style diet. So, uh, I ate relatively well, but it was a lot of junk and a lot of, um, binging and, um, and then, you know, berating myself, you know, starting over on Monday, that whole thing. And, um, that the, the competitor mindset that I was in was I would do subsequent shows. Like I thought I was just going to be a one, one and done thing, but I was like, I need to fix the damage that I did. I need to do another show. And so that's what I did. I did a show to fix the damage from the previous show and then did another show. And so this Mm -hmm. is where I was at with it It was like, I was either hardcore or I was way off of like, way off the charts with my eating. And, um, and at some point during those those shows i was fascinated with how much nutrition affected how i felt um i had i had lived with severe digestive issues um you know and how i looked i was really compelled by like how important nutrition was so as a result of this getting involved in fitness uh, or in figure competing I decided I wanted to learn more about nutrition. So I actually went through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and got my Mm. nutrition certification because I wanted to teach more women about this. Aside from like the, the eating issue, the eating disorder, uh, disordered eating that I was experiencing, I knew how important nutrition was at that point. Like I had always, you know, pretty much worked out in some capacity, but I would never notice my body change like it did when I actually changed my eating. Um, and my digestive issues went away when I actually ate things that were good for me and not like living on a processed foods all the time. So, um, so that was sort of going on in the background while I was doing these competitions. Um, and I, then I took a little bit of a break. I did, uh, three figure shows and then I decided I wanted to take a little bit of a break and, um, I wanted to switch divisions. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the, there's, um, you know, there's physique for women, which is more like, like super bodybuilding, like, um, incredibly muscular. Then there's figure, which is also muscular, but a little less, a little less muscular. And then there's bikini, which is what you would think of like a bikini model, but it's also a lot of people think it's like, Oh, that'd be easy. It's also incredibly taxing because you have to have Uh, aesthetically look a certain way and they're, you know, it's very competitive. So I decided I wanted to, to do bikini because I thought it would be easier (laughs) than figure competing. Um, so I hired an online coach and, um, started that whole journey. I had done some research and he was, uh, he was cranking out like top physiques at the time. So I hired him and I had to lose all of a lot of my upper body muscle because I had built so much upper body muscle and figure that I had to waste away some of that because mm-hmm. they don't want that in bikini. And so, um, I was training lower body and glutes like three, four times a week, upper body once with like felt what felt like two pound pink dumbbells <laughs> because it was just to kind of stimulate some stuff up top. But, um, so I did that and Uh, that coach was a little different in his, in his um, approach to nutrition. And he taught me about macros. And that was a blessing because I didn't, I wasn't given that option with this other coach. He was just like, Nope, you just eat tilapia. You eat ground Turkey. Like, don't even try any fancy stuff. Don't try to get tricky. Like just eat this. And this coach was like, okay, let's keep 80% of your food to look like this. And then the other 20, I'll let you wiggle around with until we're closer to the show. And then we got to like get really, really strict. And so, um, so even that, I mean, I, I remember towards the tail end at my last show being at like 900 calories a day oh gosh, um, for probably the last like two weeks and having absolutely no like mental steam, nothing. Like I was a zombie and, uh, finished that show. And again, those bikini shows, I was still not out of the woods with my eating. Um, I would still, I'd finish a bikini show. I'd rebound and it wouldn't be as bad, but it'd be about, uh, 15 pounds, um, of a rebound. And then I did another show to fix the damage and then another show. And then my last show, um, I did, I did pretty well. I placed in every show I'd ever been in, but this last show um, I had taken first place and I'd taken overall. So I won all overall in the master's category, 35 and up over 45 women I took first. And so I was like, okay, I want to go for my pro card. And um, this is leading to how everything changed. I promise. (laughs) No, I'm like, (laughs) this is an interesting journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked to my coach and he's like, I don't usually suggest this, but I think you have a really great shot at at flying out to, Oh, I can't remember. It was a Midwestern state and they, they're doing a pro cards for 35 and over. This was last year's winner. Your body's like, you know, so much more, you know, what they're looking for. I think you can totally go and win a pro card. Well, I looked at the show and at the same, um, at the same time at that show, they were also doing a teen event, a teen division for bikini. And at the time my daughter was 17 and I had asked her if she wanted to do it with me. And cause she'd always, since she was about 13, she'd worked out with me. And so she'd seen me go through this whole process and she'd always thought like someday I want to do what mom's doing, you know? And she's like, yeah, mom, I want, I want to do it so i started coaching my daughter and my daughter started doing what i was doing you know um started doing the diet started training with me i started tweaking her macros and i started to notice that my daughter was picking up these bad habits um mm. and these these quirks of my disordered eating and the things that she was saying, and she was thinking she was fat and looking in the mirror. And, you know, she's, she was a, in, she's been in dance all of her life since she could walk and and she was a competitive cheerleader and she always had this very muscular body. And so this was actually going to be really easy for her. She just needed to lean out, but I was noticing this and I just had this really just deep down this feeling like this, this is not feel right. Like Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to be doing more damage to her than good. I mean, I've gone through seven competitions and it's not getting any better. Do I really want to start this with my daughter? And um, I'll never forget the day. Um, It was my daughter's 17th birthday. We were about six weeks out from this competition and we couldn't celebrate. Like we had told the family, like we can't go to dinner. We're not doing birthday cake. Don't even bother. Don't ask. Um, and I told her, well, let's just go to the mall. Let's go to the mall. Um, you know, I'll get you some, you know, we'll spend some money, get some clothes or whatever. And we went to the mall and, uh, she was in one of the little jewelry shops and I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to go use the restroom. I'll be right back. I took off. I went down to the restroom. And as I'm walking to the restroom, I look over to the side and there was a bunch of the little candy machines where you put in a quarter and you get like a handful of like whatever red hots, you know? And, um, I had been craving M&M's, peanut M&M's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> and I remember standing there for a moment and looking at those candies and everything just hit me. Like it just, all of a sudden, everything that I had gone through, I'm standing here. It's my 17th, my daughter's 17th birthday. I just want some freaking M&M's. And I just, I lost it at that point. I went to the bathroom. I came out, I stood at the machine again. And I'm like, am I going to have some M&M's? Because if I have some M&M's, this is over. <laughs> like I was very like when my were like this is your diet plan I didn't cheat um, the most I cheated was like oh I'm gonna have a little extra peanut butter that I'm allotted than I should but I was very much on plan when I was on plan and so I walked past the m and I didn't do it I walked straight up to my daughter in the jewelry store and I said we're not doing this and she said what And I said you're 17 today you're starting to do the things that I've been doing with your eating. That scares me. And I can't, I can't, as a parent, this is irresponsible of me, um, to lead you down this path and to think that, you know, you're a young girl and that you're, you need to be compared to other young girls. You're absolutely perfect the way you are. We can't do this. Mm. And she said, okay, mom. And we went and had cold stone. <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> that, that was the end of my um my competing i just i just couldn't do it anymore um and i hung up my sparkly bikini and my heels and i was coaching other women i felt it was my due diligence because i had gone through all that um to coach women on how because they were going to do it anyways and they were coming to me and they were saying like i want to compete and i need to do this i need to get it off my bucket list and i need your help and I was turning them away and then I thought, they're gonna go find one of these other old school coaches that's gonna have them restrict and then they're gonna binge and they're gonna do all this stuff and I need to give them the tools that I have um, and have experience to help get them out of that and not have them go down the same path that I did. So I ended up coaching a team of like 15 women um, and you know, I, I, had, I was doing coaching for probably about two years. And I would do them in little like cycles of women and they would, they would compete together and I would teach them about macros and, um, you know, show them the ways. And, and I would definitely be there when they were starting to have those moments of, um, you know, disordered eating. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, implementing now, and you know, the road was super rocky, uh, and I was stuck in that probably until about 2015. So 2010 to 2015, I struggled for so almost five years wow. of um, just feeling like I was never on, like I, I never had my, my, my stuff together in terms of like food. I was always obsessing or I had to finish everything. And if I opened a pack of cookies, I had to eat every cookie till it was gone. And then I would go exercise for like two hours. And, you know, so I did this ping pong game, um, probably about until 2015. Um, and then I just started really diving into moderation and like, what does that even mean? You know, Mm -hmm. started teaching and I was teaching it. The funny thing is, is I was teaching moderation, but I was not taking my own advice. Um, I, you know, I did Jill Coleman's food obsession boot camp. I don't know if you've heard of that, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but, uh, I did her food obsession boot camp and, uh, took a lot of those tools and started using them with my clients and my clients were getting results you know, like they're, they're understanding like, oh, I don't, it's not all or nothing. And I'm like, why can't I grasp this? (laughs) Like I'm teaching it, but like I'm the worst student right now. And so, uh, so eventually like it, finally, I'm just a stubborn, stubborn Portuguese (laughs) and a stubborn Portuguese girl. And so finally, um, it sort of set in and it took me working with macros a little bit more, uh, to get myself on track. And, um, understanding sort of where my set point is with carbohydrates and playing around with stuff like that. And now it's, I don't even think about it. It's so a part of who I am. And if I want a glass of wine, I have a glass of wine. I don't sit there and count every calorie and I don't count every macro anymore. Um, and my daughter and I did a powerlifting competition together. So it was all about getting like gains and like being thick and powerful. And so that was a whole paradigm shift. me and we did that together which was much healthier. (laughs) Um so that was that was super fun. Um but yeah it's it's definitely been like I said it was a rocky road but uh but I'm so glad to be out of the woods. Like I don't I haven't had a binge episode in well over a year. You know I mean they were still like little moments here and there right out of 2015 but I mean I've been been really like focused on more important things. And food um, is still a huge part of like what I teach, uh, but it's it definitely doesn't have a hold on me like it used to. Mm. I, think
0: awesome. I think that's awesome. Like the journey that, the you, went journey on that and you went on and being able to help your daughter in that way, and you know, saying no. And even though you guys have been training for this, like you know, stepping in. I'm sure it took a lot of courage for you to do that. And you know. Just to say, I think this might not be the right choice that I made initially, and let's just stop what we're doing and switch gears, switch paths mm-hmm. like uh was your daughter disappointed at all, or did she just was like yeah let's i 'm totally game for stopping
1: I think she really wanted ice cream for her birthday that day, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so she was like, um, you know like you know like I said with her, i've really um, I've really tried to lead by example with my kids and I was leading by poor example with this mindset and the things that I was doing. But, um, and, and that was a way that I was able to self-correct my, you know, my parenting there. But, um, in terms of like fitness, I've really tried to ingrain it very early on with my kids that fitness is not something you do just because you want, you know, like, obviously the, the whole figure competition was like like a huge goal or bikini competition, but it's a part of your life. And so I've really tried to show them like, we are going to work out because we're working out. Like we're exercising because it's good for your body. And that's just like brushing your teeth. And so my daughter, you know, I started dragging her to the gym with me when she was 13 and we had been doing things at home and stuff prior to that. And she's been very active. And my kids have always known you have to be involved in something Um, if, if it's not sports, you're, then you're exercising and working out at home. And so for her, it was like, it was okay because it wasn't like she was going to stop working out, you know, it wasn't like, Oh mom, I've invested all this time in training for nothing. You know, like she knew she was going to keep doing it no matter what. And she still does to this day. So, um, so she was, I think, you know, there was a small Potter part of her that would wanted to get up and get on, you know, do the whole sparkly bikini thing and let's do it together. But, um, it's, you know, with kids, it's a lot of like how you present it to them. And I'm like, okay, we're going to take a break from this. And then, um, you know, we segued into powerlifting and we got to experience that together. And that was, you know, that was a lot of fun. And, and we had some great times with that. And we laugh now and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad we didn't do that. <laughs> you know, and And she struggled, she struggled for a while after I told her we're not doing this, um, for probably a lot, lot, a lot shorter duration than I did, but probably about six months of struggling with food. And she came to me and was like, mom, I feel like I'm hungry all the time. And this is worrying me and I can't stop thinking about food. And so we'd have discussions about that. And, um, but I think getting me out of it and seeing that I wasn't in it anymore helped her segue out of that much easier.
0: Mm. Yes. Oh, well, that's a great role model. Cause I think that's like, I had always thought about doing a show, gosh, probably four or five years ago. And then I remember I did, um, I had my metabolism tested and like, you know, the VO two max and all of that. And I just remember I told the gal that did it. She, I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing a show. And she just looked at me. She's like, I wouldn't, if I were you I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, cause my metabolism was really high. Like that was cause I, you know, I've worked out since I was 16. And so like, she's like, you're burning like 3,000 calories, you know, at rest. She's like, you have a really high metabolism. She's like, yeah. if you do a show, potentially you could tank that and it might never come back. And so like, that was all she told me. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah. you know what? I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: um, I mean, it's, people think <laughs> a lot of people have come to me and and they think that this is like the epitome of health, right? Like they yeah. see people and they're at their physical prime, and um and i didn 't have a period for almost a year, like my body fat got so low i didn 't have a period, and then I was losing hair yeah. um, you know my my just like my nails, everything was just so brittle and dry, my skin was dry, like I had no libido, my hormones were just tanked um, and it 's just it 's not it 's not healthy um, a lot you know and like i said there there are probably a handful of coaches out there that are that are doing it the right way. Uh, but the majority is they're just following old school standards, um, from, you know, from years and years ago that are just, they're just not healthy. And, you know, even a lot of women, um, in like the figure and even in bikini are, you know, they're, they're utilizing steroids and, and things like that. And I saw a ton of that backstage and, and girls talking about it, um, yeah. And, and I just knew that that was something that I wasn't willing to do. It it wasn't, it was something that I was just like, I can't. And bikini is like, if you're, you, if you have to take steroids for a bikini, there's a problem. <laughs> you know, like you, you just, just hard work. Like it's, it's hard work. And it, that's a lot of times what people are just like, they want that magic bullet. You know, yeah. they want that pill that's going to get them there faster. And I understand that. Trust me, I totally get it. But it is, it is not worth it. I, and it's so funny. I, I have people ask me if I would coach and I don't coach anymore. Um, I don't do bikini or um, figure coaching anymore because it's so, um, I don't know. I just, I have such a problem with comparing, like I, this is what I teach right at my studio, like eyes on your own paper, like don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Don't compare yourself to other women. And here I was getting up stage and comparing myself to other women you know, so it felt very hypocritical of me. And so there was a point where I had to ask myself, like, what am I doing here? You know? And so uh, I'm I'm teaching women that this is okay. And, you know, let them come to their own conclusions if they're going to do it, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be a coach anymore and have, and, and have that sort of ethical responsibility of being like, yeah, go up there, compare yourself to that girl. And then feel like crap when you walk off stage and you don't get a trophy because that's what happens to a lot of women is, um, you know, they set it as a bucket list goal. They have never weight trained. This is my experience with clients coming to me. They haven't weight trained a a day in their life. Um, I send them into the gym with a weight training program. They start training. We do a show. I tell them hold no expectations, like just go, let it be a first show. Let it have fun with it. You know, I get them, try to get them in the right mindset. And when they leave off stage, they compare themselves to the other women that won. And everyone else, and then they don't get a trophy, and then they go into like this deep depression, and then they stop working out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is not a good cycle. Oh. No, it's not. So that's not kind of, I mean, from there, like that's when you just said, you know, I'm not going to do these competitions anymore, you know, then you kind of just shifted all your you know, kind of focus onto your sensual movement and, you know, pole dancing, is that kind of where like the final kind of, or I wouldn't say final, cause I think we're always evolving, but the next chapter mm-hmm. kind of turned for you.
1: Yeah. Well, what happened was, um, when, so when I started this whole, um uh, bodybuilding, um, journey, I was already about three years into my, my pole dancing studio, into my sensual movement. And, uh, Uh, like I had mentioned, I had some staff that were able to take care of classes and stuff. So I pulled away significantly from teaching. Um, I was still there and I was teaching a couple classes here and there, but like my own personal practice, I neglected Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, and you know, it, it was very, it was very evident to me because I felt completely disconnected to like my feminine energy, Mm -hmm. everything, like and people noticed in the studio. I mean, people were like, "Man, you're really on fire when you teach boot camp because we also run a boot camp program at my at my pole dancing studio, which is people like think it's like a pole dancing boot camp. I'm like, "It's not a pole dancing boot camp. <laughs> it's like it was I was so in fitness at that time, I wanted to teach I wanted to teach more exercise than mm-hmm. I wanted to teach pole dance. So I I started a boot camp program and I was like you know i was in, in i was incredibly lean people saw me and women are like i want to look like you mm-hmm. and i'm like okay great so i i i mean my boot camp classes were packed mm-hmm. you know people thought like oh i'm going to look like you if i come take boot camp and so uh so i was running this boot camp program and it was you know it was dumbbells flipping tires battle ropes i mean traditional style boot camp and then we also have our pole dancing classes as well and so i just really Resonated with that masculine energy, very drill sergeant, very like hustle, grind, da, da 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 da. And then I had a hard time shifting into my feminine energy, so I just sort of stepped out of that for a while. And um, you know, it, it's funny because people are like, you know, you're you were you an exotic dancer, you know, were you a stripper? And I'm like was never, I was never any of that. I was like totally self-taught, you know, (laughs) this whole, like this whole business was a fluke. And, you know, it started off just, you know, just as a fun, like side, side hustle, like for me to make some extra cash was how we started this whole business. And, um, and, you know, segueing into, um, central movement and getting back to that, like after being so hardcore with, um, with my fitness was hard because, you know, central movement for me and like teaching it for other women, it's like come from a place like, and I learned this in yoga, but it's like come from a place of like, I'm ready now. Like I'm whole now, like there's nothing wrong with me. Right. And, you know, I'm being coached by a bodybuilding coach. That's like, Nope, you got to fix this. You got to, your butt needs to lift. You need to like lean out your arms, like, you, you know, need this, this and that. And so, you know, for me, I felt like when I would step into central movement, I just couldn't like let go. I was just so wrapped up in that mindset. And I was almost afraid to let go at that point. Like in the beginning, it was super easy and I loved my body. Um, and I look back at pictures now and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, you know, Like that body was beautiful then. And then I went into this hardcore fitness and it was like never good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a struggle for me teaching classes at that time because I was almost afraid to just to like allow myself to just be like, yeah, I look good. I never felt good enough. I never looked good enough. Um, So there was always resistance there. But then coming out of that and really diving back into it, um, you know, diving back into central movement, it changed so much, like the last um, you know I would say after I stopped competing, just probably the last four four to five years have been um, or I'm sorry last two to three years have been really diving into uh, just cultivating that refining it. Um, And I think the, actually a combination, I don't think I know a combination of really allowing myself to be in that space without comparison of like comparing myself to my previous self, as well as having a handle on my nutrition. I think they just go, they went hand in hand, you know, they, they really went hand in hand. And, and I think one, I think the central movement helped with the nutrition part of it and just accepting that, you know, accepting that. And this is what I teach women is that even if you're, a a missed transformation. Like say some women are like, well, I don't want to accept that I'm 50 pounds overweight. Like that's not healthy. You know, um, why, how can I love myself now when I know it's not healthy? I don't want to accept that. And for me, it's like, you can still be working on transformation and loving your body at the same time. And it seems so, they seem so separate from each other. And I think that that's a lot of like what I've learned in the fitness industry. It's like, you can't be happy until like the scale says this, or like your pant size is this, you know? And, um, and it's teaching central movement over the last decade. It's like spun that on its head. It's like, okay, well, like when you have a toothache, you go to the dentist to alleviate that pain right away. Right. Yes. (laughs) You have a problem you want, like it fixed. So you go do it. And like central movement to me and what I've seen with my clients is you want confidence, right? Like that's what a lot of people go to for, like when you start a new exercise regimen, I have women that come in, they, they want to lose 20 or 30 pounds. I'm like, okay, but wh- how are you, what's the end goal? Like, what are you wanting to feel? Like, how are, what's the feeling that you're trying to achieve? Okay, uh, I, I want to be confident. I want to feel sexy. I want to um, feel better in my skin, you know, all these things. Well, if I can give you that now, <laughs> and and teach you how to do that now. Wouldn't you want that instead of delaying that and and like feeling like you can't? You can only have that when you do a 12 week program and at the end all of a sudden miraculously it's going to appear. You know? I love that. So yeah, so that's that's really my um that's really what happens and and that's why I created the online program because I wanted to get it out to more women is seeing my women come in and they come to me and I can think of a handful off the top of my head and they're like, okay, I want to do this because I, I need to lose some weight and get in shape. And they start, um, and they they don't like boot camp. They don't like it. It's too hard. They want to throw up. Like it's hardcore. It's like a, a mini CrossFit class. <laughs> and then they're like, well let me try out this pole dancing thing because this boot camp is not for me. It's you know whatever. I'm just gonna do it for fun and and so I can be sexy for my husband or whatever. And they start, they start the sensual movement and after time they lose, I've had women lose almost 40 pounds, never wow. touching a dumbbell <laughs> in their entire time with me. And it's wow. because you know, um, and some of them are there and they're not doing like anything incredibly crazy on the pole. Some of these women are just, they're still very like new to the movement. Like they're not like, advanced by any stretch of the imagination. One of them is in her mid fifties. I can think of right now. And it's because we're cultivating that confidence very early on. And it's, it's, you know, getting in touch with your femininity. It's, um, doing something vulnerable, right? Cause like, Dancing is vulnerable. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, like just go to like a a junior high dance (laughs) and you see like everyone's standing around, like nobody wants to look stupid. And so when you can allow yourself to be vulnerable and just be in that space, like magic starts to happen. And then, you know, um, in my online program and in the studio as well, you know, we're all about cultivating that confidence. So it's, You know, I mean, it may sound silly, but it's being in that environment of like the positive like affirmations and like, you know, just working with that. And like, what does that feel like? What does that look like? And so it's, it's really amazing to watch it unfold. And when women can get past that fear of looking
0: stupid, it's magic. That's where the magic happens. Mm. Yes. I was just having this discussion with um, one of my friends and um, I was telling her about your program and It was so funny because she's a stay-at-home mom and I was like, would you ever be interested in this? And I was thinking she'd be like, no. And she's like, you know what? Yes. She's like, I wouldn't want to do it in a studio, but if I could do it from the comforts of my own home, yes. And she's like, I think a lot of us, she's like, I'm sure there's other people who are just like me who feel the same way, who might, she's like, I am just, I would be way too intimidated to go into someplace to do this. But like doing it at home, you know, like while my son is napping, like this is a great time to incorporate some movement and, you know, doing it in a way that I can feel good about myself. And I was like, wow, that is such a, you know, like to me, I'm like, oh, for me, I would totally do this, but like, I, I love dancing. I love yoga. I love to tap into like that feminine side of me because that's my balance from my masculine, the weightlifting side of me. And, um, you know, to hear it from her who I thought would be way too skittish about it. I was like, okay, I'm sure there's a ton of women out there just like you. So I think this is serving so many people who want this and crave it, but they don't know where to get it. So I want to know like more about this central movement program that you have and it's coming out this week. So tell everyone a little bit more about your online program. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. I, I know um, I've just
1: been, I'm wrapping up the um, uh, wrapped up the beta testing and the feedback has been phenomenal. And that's exactly what I've been hearing. It's um, you know, women are like, I've, Always been interested and I've been scared because we have a studio locally or whatever, but I just want to do I don't like they wanna they wanna not look they want to get all the dumb feeling out at home yes. first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. You know, like let me let me be vulnerable by myself first. Um and then, you know, and then go. So um yeah, it's sensual movement. Um and it's they uh I have everything broken down incredibly simple. So we have an, a great curriculum at the studio and how we teach women how to do this, you know, because you can't go from, you know, like zero to a hundred overnight and it's, it's a very slow and gradual process. And I know that there's a lot of stuff that comes up, um, you know, just mentally. So in, in terms of like holding ourselves back from wanting to try it. So, um, So the product, the, uh, the, the lessons are broken up into a couple different ways. So I've got some, you know, just depending on how much time you wanted to, to devote to it, there are, um, some five minute flows. So for those of you that have like, um, you know, minimal time and you're just like, or you just want a little tidbit just to get a taste of it, to, to build that, um, just to build that, like. Confidence muscle of like, let me do this five minute. If I can nail this five minute one, like, I'm good. You know, like some people just want a little bit of practice to have those small wins. And so I've got five five minute flows in there that are just really basic and straight to the point. Um, I have some 10, I've got five 10 minute flows as well. So if you want to take a little more time, there's that. And then I've got three 20 minute flows and three 30 minute flows. And um, there's also a library of, I've got 30, or I'm sorry, 21 foundational movements. So I break down every move that I teach in the lessons. So if you're like watching a lesson and you're like, "Uh, how do I do this hip circle thing? (laughs) (laughs) Then you can go to the library and you can watch the under two minute video of how to do hip circles. Uh, So I have everything broken down and it's great because you don't need any equipment per se. It's you, a yoga mat would be ideal. And, um, a wall like just a empty wall that has nothing obscuring it that you can use. There's a couple lessons where we do some stuff on the wall, just some wall dancing. I know it sounds kind of interesting, but, wall work. <laughs> um, and that's it. You know, uh, I will probably come out with a pole dancing program next year that's on the agenda, but this doesn't require a pole. So it's, it's all just you. And, mm-hmm you know, whatever you're comfortable moving in, it can be yoga pants and, and just a t-shirt or something, whatever you feel comfortable in the beginning. And then eventually moving on to like shorts or something like that is optional, but it's, yeah. So that's, that's the basis of it. Um, there'll be like a downloaded, downloadable guide just to give you some hints and tips and, um, and just a music playlist. I know some women are like, I have no idea what to get sexy to. (laughs) And so, uh, I have cultivated quite a list over the years. So that's also included as well. Mm, yeah. And awesome. so that'll be, that'll and be I'll put, available very, very soon.
0: Yeah. I'll put all of that in the show notes. So in case anyone's looking, it's always andrewplassen.com slash podcast. It will be 96. So that's where you can find all of the information about um, her program as well. So yeah. final few questions. If people are looking to connect with you a little bit more, uh, where's the best place to do that? At?
1: Yeah, so I love Instagram. Um, I'm on Instagram every single day because it's so much <laughs> Me fun. Me too. <laughs> uh, and my, yeah, my handle there is uh, Living the Goddess Life. And uh, my website or my blog is livingthegoddesslife.com. And then I'm also on Facebook at Living the Goddess Life. Perfect. So easy to bet. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm also on the YouTubes as well, (laughs) living the goddess life. So I've got, um, a good, like if people are like curious and they want to see like, what's this chick all about? My YouTube is a great place to go and, um, creep because I've got probably like almost 200 videos there of, um, anything from fitness to talking head mindset videos to pole dancing, central movement, yoga, everything is on there. Perfect. All right.
0: So final question. Um, this one is, Uh I like to give a little (laughs) weekly challenge to the listeners. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have you give out the weekly challenge this week. So what would you like to do for the challenge? Ooh, okay. I like that. I do that with my girls too. I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's
1: a good way to, um, you know, push us outside of our comfort zone a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I would invite everyone to, take a look at where maybe they're holding themselves back. Um, If there's like something that you've been interested in trying, but you have some fear around, like uh, you're intimidated or it's a vulnerable space to be in, or maybe you're going to compare yourself to think you're not good enough to do. Everyone has that little something, right? So it could be as simple as like Zumba, a Zumba class, like maybe go book, a Zumba class, or maybe you've been incredibly interested in yoga. I know Andrea does some yoga as well. And it's, you know, you think, oh my gosh, but I'm not flexible. Exactly. That's what you need to do to get flexible, (laughs) take a yoga class. (laughs) So do that thing, you know? um, And I I, I just want to quickly tie that into, you know, I've had some people, I've had actually one gal in the beta testing was like, I loved your beta tests, but I just felt like I, I trapped myself in like comparing myself because I don't look like you when I do it. And I, and I said, honey, I've been doing this for 10 years. You shouldn't look like me the first day you do it. That's great. And you shouldn't buy my product if I look like I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So take that. And, you know, I think, um, you probably have a lot of moms on your podcast as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, for you moms, and I work with a lot of moms as well. And I know that I've been in this place too, is that a lot of times we want to push our kids outside their comfort zone. Like, no, it's not scary. You'll be fine. Just go do it. You know, we talk to our kids this way, but yet we're not taking our own advice Mm. for those things that we want to do that are like, there's that little voice in the back of your head. That's like, start a blog or take a Zumba class or go to yoga or try central movement, you know, something like that. Um, and I invite you to take that first step into taking, um, you know, own, owning that and knowing that you're doing that and then take
0: the step into trying something new. Mm. Yes, that is great. That's a great challenge. I love it. I will do it myself mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> <laughs> like what yes. challenge? I will, I'm think of something. Happens, yes. You know?
1: Oh, yeah. I already kind of Outside know. of our comfort zone. Yeah. Oh, you do.
0: Do you want to share with the listeners? (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, this was my, it is my, uh, my thing that I talked about before with you. So I was going to announce that if it officially happens. So potentially, which I've already, I've hinted at it. So that would be my exploring the U.S. for a year. That's kind of my. Ooh, I know. I I think that'll be so much fun. Like that, like just pulling the trigger on it is because it's scary, but I'm like, oh, it is something that definitely puts you outside your comfort zone, but you're going to learn so much.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for me, it's more of like, you know, there's that whole, I think Tony Robbins says it's like that rocking chair moment. Like I don't want to be sitting in my rocking chair when I'm 80, 90 years old. Looking back and saying, "Man, I wish I would have dieted more." Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that is not going to be something I want to say, right? Or, you know, I don't want to be looking back and be like, "Man, I, you know, I really wish I would have had the courage to try this or do that or put myself out there." And, um, you know, I'm I just got back from being with my mom at Stanford for seven days and watching her go through heart surgery and seeing a lot of really sick people and. Um, you know, watching her and just seeing that whole possibility. You never know what's gonna happen with surgery. And just that was very eye opening. I mean, I kind of feel like I've been on this mindset path for a while, but even that was just more so like, look, you got one body and you got one life. Mm-hmm. Now's
0: the time. <laughs> mm. Do stuff, do stuff with it, you know. Yes. Uh, I think that's a perfect, perfect place to wrap up and just leaving everyone a little motivation and inspiration. Uh, And I want to thank you so much, Dan. It was such a pleasure getting to talk to you and uh, all of your amazing fitness journey and life journey. It was awesome of you to share it with us all.
1: Thank you for having me. And thanks for letting me just ramble on. I hope that helps at least one person in some way, shape or form. And
0: my job is, is done. (laughs) Mm Yes. Thank you again. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to AndreaClaassen.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again and go out there and spread your peaceful power.